So, ladies and gentlemen, before I introduce the President, can I just say that the President has had a distinguished career in politics. He was elected President of Ireland, Michael D. Higgins, in 2011. Uh, he was also Lord Mayor of Galway. He held the position of Minister for Arts, Culture and the Gaelic back in the 1990s and was President of the Labour Party between 2003 and 2011 before being elected President. And in addition to that distinguished political career, he's also renowned as a poet, academic and broadcaster. So would you please give a very warm Sydney welcome for the President of Ireland, Michael D. Higgins. Thank you. It's such a very great pleasure to be here as President of Ireland. I am accompanied by uh, the Deputy Prime Minister, Francis Fitzgerald, and by representatives of, of course, Tourism Ireland, who are our host here today, but also by the Industrial Development Authority and Enterprise Ireland. May I begin, because we are in a public institution, by acknowledging the first occupants of this land who for tens of thousands of years negotiated with its possibilities and its challenges and developed one of the oldest cultures in the world, one that valued symmetry with nature, ancient wisdom, and the practical balances required for that. I honour their elders' past and present. Having acknowledged a culture 65,000 years old, it might be appropriate as well if I just said in my own language, which is 5,000 years old, the Ohasaran Ven Shahakasis Gwilshan Sam Kauru, Lechunskil Natrasorakta, Atantavaktak the Muintanahirin, Isatai Karfostirtarfol, Ebyagnakak Oitinirin. Translating, it's a very great pleasure to be here in the wonderful city of Sydney and to have the opportunity of speaking to writers of travel, the travel trade, and indeed to the media, uh, and also as well as that, uh, to have an opportunity of reflecting on the importance of the tourist industry uh, to Ireland and to Australia. Tourism, I remember a very interesting distinction of former Lord Mayor of Galway made to me once. You have said that I have been twice Mayor of Galway. Indeed, I have. I remember he, he, was, he ran a casino for part of the year and he travelled for the rest of the year. <laughs> and he would regularly say to me when I welcomed him back, we were in Galway City Council together, I'm not a tourist, he said, I'm a traveller. And he travelled off-season. I've often thought about it because another friend of mine, the late Bishop Casey, you speak, he used, I remember giving an interesting sermon once on the morality of tourism. He was doing it from a rather positive way, but he did touch on something very important. Rather like in honouring the first occupants of Australia, yesterday when I was speaking at the University of New South Wales, I spoke about how one must be able, morally and intellectually, to investigate the relationship between the visitor and the visited. Really, that's our strongest strength in Ireland. People, when they describe having been in Ireland, usually say, uh, I've been in Ireland, and they speak about people they've met and extraordinary conversations they've had. Taxi drivers who fed James Joyce in the back of the car, and all of this kind of thing. And I remember myself meeting, uh, saying to a man one time, I was writing a year sabbatical, 
that really was interrupted halfway through. I had to go back and, and teach. But I remember saying to me, what do you think about these people who come to Clifton in, in West Galway? And he said, I suppose we're fierce friendly. <laughs> now, I, I've been looking recently, some two days ago, somebody gave me a present of a book, A Hundred Poems You Should Know, from contemporary Australian poetry. And I looked, I obviously new poetry interests me, so there's something very similar to the way that Australians look sideways at the world, and it gives you a fast identification of what is the flim-flam and what is shallow and what is deep and what is absurd and what will, in fact, have a wonderful possibility for making humour. So you could never really lose the run of yourself in Ireland or in Australia, for that matter. Some people call this directness. Uh, that's the polite version of it. Other people call it other things. Well, what I want to say as well is that this is my first visit here. Uh, it has been long, long overdue. My grandfather's brother and sister came in 1862 on the Montmorency, and then the rest of his family came and t- during the 1870s. And in every generation of my family, has been my uncle is buried in Toowoomba, my aunt in work, and my nephew has a business here in Sydney. So from a family point of view, the visit was overdue. But I think as well, I've been speaking, I've had the opportunity of speaking at the University of Western Australia and the University of Melbourne University, and yesterday the University of New South Wales. And I think this connection between Ireland and Australia is a deep and multi-stranded one. One point that I did have been emphasising about, indeed, Niall Gibbons, I thank him for his invitation to be here, but one of the things about Australians who visit Ireland, whom said has their spend has gone up 67%, uh, part of the reason is that they have a, a, a very intelligent uh, and civilised approach to life balance. Um, having been at home in Australia, it would be rather ridiculous to ignore the ocean, as people do. And then again, the corporate structure, the difference between North America and Australia is very interesting. Irish Americans who, are not, who don't own their companies come and are in fact heavily stressed at having two weeks holidays, if they have that at all. Whereas, in fact, on the other hand, those who have been in Ireland and who have been in Australia and who come back have the life, but they bring the life balance values with them. They spend a lot of time longer. And indeed, what they will find as well is that Irish tourism has moved on. You don't any longer hear rather simple phrases about our aim is to double bed nights. These simplicities have given way to something deeper and more practical. And they know for a fact that in the wild Atlantic way, which moves along the west coast of Ireland, I've met already some people who have cycled it, it has been just such a wonderful success. And again, the people, for example, in the old days, when I was a minister 20, over 20 years ago, Minister for Arts, Culture and the Gaelic, I saw then the importance of protecting heritage natural and built heritage. And therefore, if you looked at all of the figures and the cultural institutions in any of the cities of Ireland, very particularly, for example, the magnificent, took nearly more than nearly a decade of work, the National Gallery and so forth, 
the visitors to the cultural institutions, you can move around Dublin City, visiting and doing things. That's for one particular age group. Another age group may be, in fact, in the Wild Atlantic Way. Then you have the ancient East, which enables history to unfold. What is all of this about? There's nothing. This is about the relationship between the visitor and the visited. And it is one thing to say that we have found in relation to business and Ireland's success in relation to why, for example, Mount Jenin is here. Why do people come? Why have nine out of ten of the major international companies in information technology and its science located in Dublin? Well, when we have studied it shows, yes, the tax incentive is about number three. Up at the top is, in fact, the labour force, the very highly qualified people that they can draw on. The largest people who are graduating, the largest proportion between 1825 in the European Union, the largest number of that union going on to do postgraduate work. But then what comes out very strongly? The quality of life and the way that people, in fact, actually live. So therefore... The visitor and the visited is being taken up in the new opportunities for the visitors that have been created in Ireland. As president, I very, very much welcome that. In the end of the day, too, you see, it is so important. <coughs> 280,000 jobs is a very, very significant contribution to employment in Ireland. It also creates uh, what you will find is, is that it is very important that the quality of that employment be protected. This is something we take great care with. You could end up, if you like, with jobs in the tourist sector in which people are efficiently slapping the product in front of your face. And you wouldn't, in fact, last long. What is important is that people know why they're doing it and who they're dealing with and who, they're, who is visiting whom and what memories they will have and the importance of a dignified relationship in it all. That's why it is very, very important, and Ireland is doing it in taking care of what it offers in relation to those who, the tourists who come. The figure, I think, for on Ireland, for Australia, New Zealand and Oceania is about 230,000. There are immense opportunities in that. And I think as well, many, many people more and more have been seeing the value of beginning their relationship with Europe through a bridge through, through, through Ireland. I think something of I have said, there's efficiency, and it is efficient. It is easier to get to Ireland now through the changes in air travel, but efficiency should never really dislodge maybe one of the most important concepts in modern discourse, the concept of hospitality. Yesterday at the University of New South Wales, I spoke about when we're doing issues of memory, for example, all the different things that Australia has to redo in an adequate historiography, what we have to do in relation to our war of independence, the civil war, our own formations, our own buckling of ourselves from empire, has to be done with a hospitality of narratives. In the same way, efficiency should never defeat hospitality. And I think Niall has said something very important as well. Modern developments in retrieval have made it possible for one's genealogy to be recovered so much better now that the, that the census are all online, and that's another huge area. I think, too, as well, there's a period when, in fact, a certain intellectual giddiness takes off in Ireland, 
and you'll have all these literary festivals uh, from about the month of February until the month of November, it seems at times to me. For example, in relation to the image you have there, if the, the Galway Races, the Galway Races is preceded by the Galway Arts Festival, which was preceded by the Galway Film Festival, which was preceded by the Jazz Festival, and which is succeeded by an international conference in Eugene O'Neill, and that's just one city. So the people who come in the middle of all of this, in fact, over on the other side, there is hardly, there's every now and again, because we have gender equality, all the summer schools will be able to multiply their number and put all the women they've been neglecting in as well. I think that this is all, in a way, this watch of... And then I think... I'm very glad that Niall has mentioned the Good Friday Agreement and 1998. Really the idea of having a state-supported body dealing with tourism on an all-island basis is an extremely good decision. And I think, therefore, very interestingly, too, something that never changes. When I was a young t- uh, representative in the Parliament first, we would always say when we were making the case for cultural activities uh, that people had seen, I was responsible for re-gearing the film industry, that the image, the old ring was, is the first image people had of Ireland was in a film. It hasn't enormously changed. And thus, for example, these images of Northern Ireland uh, that you see will be a powerful attraction. I just want to say uh, uh, as well is I think in relation to uh, the heritage, it gives us a particular set of obligations. I say this as President of Ireland. And that is not to do things too fast or in a way which would ever place any of the heritage at risk. The bogs of Ireland are important. Uh, the natural heritage of Ireland uh, is important. It puts great, great... It encourages us to think long. I think thinking long is something that the world needs so that you can get past uh, immediate uh, sensations. I think there are other things as well. When you're in Australia and you're talking about people visiting in Ireland and so forth, many people in Ireland... I mentioned Clifton earlier. I would just say the weather, which is very beautiful, being welcomed here. I remember the owner of the Abbey Glen Castle Hotel in Clifton saying to tourists one time, it's artificial, we just use it to keep the place green. <laughs> now, I, I, I realise that this is exactly what you're doing in Sydney. And maybe people have said that you've mistimed, that you've left it a bit late, but... <laughs> Nevertheless, you'll have to be more efficient. Uh, I think as well, but whether people want to visit the cultural institutions, visit the Dublin mountains, the image people in Ireland of a certain age have as well of seeing Australians on television who are actually, when they're not rescuing people from the seas, are arguing about splitting up their marriages and other things like that. But that aside, in many cases, all these healthy Australians... Uh, we'll find lots and lots of things to do now. They will really, they needn't, in fact, if, when they've if, if sent off different people have parked, the children and when people are lost in the cultural institutions, they can actually do endless hiking in the Dublin mountains that they've been protected. And they can also, in fact, go kayaking or whatever. And you'll find as well that, in fact, the Irish hotel sector nearly have all taken account of that. And they have reflected, if you like, in what people need. And then, one of the statistics, we don't hear it, we don't put it, I think, in the brochures, but we have the largest number of golf courses per head of population on the planet, I think, like that. This is very attractive to some of our Asian visitors. Uh, I think, but 
Also, I suppose we have a kind of a permanent ambient uh, advertising in the case of through Roly McIlroy and Patrick Harrington and Shane Lowry and Darren Clark, and of course the winner of the British Masters, Paul Donfin But I think that all of this, be it whatever uh, sport your one is interested in, you'll find people willing to tell you about why we have been robbed regularly. Uh, and it, but we don't intend to be robbed, we hope, in relation to the location of the Rugby Cup 2023. Our bid is very much better than the French bid. And, uh, <laughs> but... Uh, one of the main uh, one of the main advantages, I think, really, is that the Women's Rugby World Cup, which was organised in Dublin and Belfast, was a great success, and there's been a very, very good reaction to it. May I say uh, how pleased I am to have an opportunity uh, for meeting people who are involved in the tourism trade, the people who write about tours and write about the importance of visiting, and also those who are making it all possible. Is mean la mawikas a gwaal obar fada sakt an sima ta hagrin erin agas sint junskul trasorak derin rata ta fir Translated, I am so grateful to all of you for your attention to Saturday, also for this invitation to be here with Tourism Ireland, and I want to thank you all you're doing for explaining and enabling people to come to, to come to experience that's what it all is to have an irish experience in the island of ireland in all its diversity mila buikas thank you very much